Welcome to our Drink a Book podcast, where we drink wine and talk about books. This is Lauren. Lynn. I'm Lee. It's Marie. And this is Joe. Really quick before we get into this episode, just wanted to say that although we love Harry Potter, we absolutely do not condone J.K. Rowling's stance in relation to the transgender community, and we believe transgender women are women. So we are having a very unprecedented book club today. Welcome to Quarantine Book Club. (laughs) Uh, What week is this in our social distancing stay-at-home order? Are we on week four? Four. Four. Yeah. Four, I think. So we were supposed to be having our next meeting. Where were we having it? I don't even remember. We were having it at Lauren's house, but since we're not allowed to leave our houses, except for essential purposes, although I think that book club is an essential purpose, I don't think that the governor would agree with me. So... We decided to read a different book, which we will talk about in a little bit, too. We're all at home in our various living situations on a Zoom video chat together with our wine, ready to talk some books. Do you want to talk about what wines everybody's drinking? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I have my Riesling. It's Von Wilhelm House Riesling that we've had several times together at book club. It's one of my favorites. So that's what I'm drinking. Um, I also have a Riesling. It's like the Ars Vedis or something. I think it's German, but it has like really pretty um, like illustrations on it every year. It's really good. And it's snowy, like the illustration snowy and it's super snowy outside today, even though it's like April 17th, but I thought it was appropriate to drink that today. I am drinking a wine called Avalon. It's a Cabernet, and I really love the label. I already showed it to everyone. Um, It has this gold, I think it might be a Celtic knot, maybe. I'm not exactly sure. It looks like it, but it's really pretty. It looks either like a mosaic or a Celtic knot. Um, Very pretty, and it's very good. Well, I'm drinking a sweet rosé called Double Date, and I got it actually at a wine party that my coworker had, um, which was super fun, and I encourage anyone to do if you ever have the opportunity. <laughs> we had different wines and paired them with different snacks, and then we got to order wine at the end, and um, honestly, I don't remember what the company was called. I, I'm sure I can figure that out, but... Um, it was super fun, and this wine is super good. Um, we should do that. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. 100%, absolutely. Love yeah, I'll, uh, I'll figure out what – I can't remember. It was over the summer, so it's been a little while that I've had this wine. I'll find out from my coworker what the company was that she used, and we'll try to get that going. Yeah. I am also drinking a rosé. It is called St. Superi. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it is a Napa Valley rosé. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I went to this wine bar a few minutes down the road to stock up on some wine for quarantine. So this is one of my quarantine wines and it's delicious. 
Nice. So like Lynn said, we did a little bit of a change up for our genre for this time. We were supposed to be reading a political book, um, Why We're Polarized. But as we've already said, uh, we don't know when this will come out, but it is currently April 17th, 2020. Um, we're four weeks into quarantine and we decided that we wanted to read something a little lighter and more fun since things are kind of scary and depressing right now in the world of coronavirus. So I think this was maybe Lynn's idea and the rest of us agreed. We mm -hmm. decided to read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because we're all obsessed with Harry Potter. So that's what we're going to be talking about this time. I'm so happy we did. I loved I reading. Me too. I think oh, it's going to motivate me to just continue with the series. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, been a while. For sure. I feel like it never gets old. I could just reread it over and over again for the rest of my life. I love, too, <laughs> when the books start to change from the movies. Like, the first one is very similar, but I feel like the as you go throughout the series, they start to differ, and it makes me happy reading it because... It's like new things, you know, if you're like watching the movie or makes me happy. I was actually surprised like how almost like scene for scene the book was with the movie from what I remember. Like things are pretty spot on for the most part. Yeah, it's actually really funny that the book was brought up because as our next read aloud, or not read aloud, I'm in different <laughs> mindset. <laughs> but... um right before the book was chosen, I when I was like on the fourth movie in our quarantine and I was like, right after I'm done with the whole series, I'm gonna read through the whole series. And then you guys were like, let's do Harry Potter. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> Everybody's go-to when you're at home, anything Harry Potter related. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, for anyone who, um, doesn't know about Harry Potter, I'm going to read what's on the back of the book here. Okay. It says, Harry Potter has never played a sport while flying on a broomstick. He's never worn a cloak of invisibility, befriended a giant, or helped hatch a dragon. All Harry knows is a miserable life with the Dursleys, his horrible aunt and uncle, and their abominable son, Dudley. Harry's room is a tiny closet at the foot of the stairs, and he hasn't had a birthday party in 11 years. But all that is about to change when a mysterious letter arrives by Owl Messenger, a letter with an invitation to a wonderful place he never dreamed existed. There he finds not only friends, aerial sports, and magic around every corner, but a great destiny that's been waiting for him, if Harry can survive the encounter. Uh, obviously, as we've said before at this point, spoilers. Um, and as Lauren mentioned, this book is very similar to the movie. So if you have only seen the movie and not read the book, you're probably still good to listen because it's going to be pretty similar. Um, but just remember, spoiler alert coming up. So Which, how old is this book, by the way? When did this book come like, out? Or like 98, right? Yeah, I think it's like 22 years old. Oh my God. Um, yeah, well, it says text copyright 97, but that 98 looks like this book. I don't know why it says on Goodreads, it says it was published in 2003, but that's not right. 
maybe an updated version because it says by scholastic but that confuses me too because i have like my original books i have books that i like actually read and then this book i was like always afraid to like touch it like it would be the one that sat on the shelf and then i went to like a used book fair and that's the one that i actually read Oh, this is a, um, a hardcover. Yeah, I have all of them in hardcover um, because I wanted them to be, like, collectibles. These are the ones that I got, like, the night that they were released. Nice. So, but then I also have one that I kept by my bed and threw in my bag because if it, like, got ripped or bent, it would make me very upset. Um. <laughs> I have a hardcover, a paperback, and then I have the big, like, illustrated copy. Oh, I've been meaning to get that one, but I just haven't yet. I've never seen that before. Well, I have the illustrated. The illustrated? Just the first one. Oh, cool. I always ask my parents for them, because they, you know, they always get me Christmas stuff still, and they're like, what do you want? I'm like, Harry Potter illustrated? Like, whatever <laughs> it came out. So, the Goblin of Fire just came out, and I haven't, I don't know if I've touched it yet, but mm -hmm. I really want to see what the illustrations look like. So I cool. bought them all for my cousin for Christmas, and I haven't bought them for myself yet. I think I'm going to need to, like, ask for it as a gift because I, I just can't. They're, they're, like, a lot of money if you buy them all at once. I should have bought them, like, one at a time. <laughs> but it does say the first American edition was in 1998. Marie, do you want to tell us the overall rating? Yeah. The, so the overall rating is a 4.47 on Goodreads. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's very, very high, which I'm not surprised. How many? Out of how many reviews are there? Um, 103,967 reviews. Many reviews, and for that many reviews, and to have a pretty strong rating like that, that's pretty awesome. There were a lot of five-star reviews. It was hard to narrow it down. Um, but a lot of them were very long, so I tried to pick one that was a little bit shorter to read from the podcast. So this review is from Will. Will says, this is where it all began, where we were introduced to Harry Potter, Rowling's magical world, a series of exciting adventures, and the excellent characters and environments she has given to English literature. It set the standard for contemporary fantasy. Rowling makes full use of classic literary and mythological references, freeing herself from the confines of merely topical while giving it all a daring sense of newness. The series will live forever. So true. I love Great. that. Harry Potter forever. About 20 years later and we're still talking about the book. Yeah, for real. Um, okay, so I, found, I have a one-star review I want to read, and then I have a two-star review that's kind of long. Um, I'm going to read parts of it. So the one-star review is actually rated by Voldemort on Goodreads, and he says, This is a disgrace to all purebloods. My head looked quite dashing on that strange professor's head. If only I could have extended my stay. Harry Potter, this is not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. The two-star one is from Mike. He says, I'm not going to comment on the literary shortcomings of this book, the cliches, the painfully long narrative, the fact that the characters will not think about an issue for months, but then suddenly it becomes important again. Smarter people than me have already said all this. What bothers me about the Harry Potter universe is its characterization of magic. 
Why is magic so easy in the Harry Potter universe? It's only moderately a matter of skill to use magic. Magic is mostly saying the correct word with the correct intonation and the correct flourish of the wand, and boom, you've done something magical. If it were only for small things, I don't think this would bother me so much, but the same works for more serious things like killing someone. And then he has a few other awful paragraphs, and then he also says, also, Quidditch is the most pointless sport ever created. Only one, only in one game out of 1,000 does anything 99% of the action matter to the outcome of the game. Only the seeker and the bludgers mean anything. Whoa. Well, wow. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I'm now on the prisoner of Azkaban, and that person needs to read on because they're going to be proved wrong. <laughs> right. Also, it's like a made-up universe, so... Who is he to say how magic should function in this book right. that he didn't write? Like, right. What a Since when are there rules to magic? Right. It's not real. <laughs> also, right. this is a series for, like, children. Yeah. Like, it's a young adult series. <laughs> I think that's what's the hard part, is that some people that are reviewing books like the beginning of a series like Harry Potter like Harry Potter was written to follow you as you grow older like it's supposed to the first book is if you look at like the reading level of this book it's like fourth grade Mm -hmm. so if you're looking at a fourth grade book I can review many books at a fourth grade level that has a pretty heavy topic and if I'm looking at that I'll be like oh this was a horrible book But it's a horrible book because of who the audience is supposed to be. So I'm sorry to the person who wrote that review, but you're wrong. (laughs) He clearly was not the target audience, so. No. He clearly did not read the whole series. He's a muggle, and he needs to go back to muggle universe. (laughs) He's not welcome at Hogwarts. And, like, it's just crazy because yeah even though these are written like they're young adult books like clearly this like defies any one particular age group like people who are now in third and fourth grade and people who are now in our like millennial generation and like 50s boomers who like everybody freaking loves harry potter and there's a, a legitimate like Harry Potter world. There's a whole amusement park now dedicated to Harry Potter. Like, this yeah. good. there's a whole franchise. It's not just the books. There's the movies. There's the Potter world. There's the, um, that app now that you can go on wizard, wizarding world, which we've all done to like figure out what our wands are and our, is it pronounced Patronus or Patronus? I think it's Patronus. Patronus. I always confused that pronunciation in my head like i just thought it was patronus because it's expecto patronum right Mm -hmm. yeah so it would be yeah so anyway i know what house i'm in i know what my patronus is i know what my wand is like and i'm a 31 year old (laughs) grown woman so yeah I just have a quick story. One of my very good friends just got Goodreads like a week ago and I was looking at the books that she has added and she added Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and gave it a one star rating. And I was like, wait a minute. 
And so Ah. now I'm just like, I can't reconcile these two things. Like this person is a very close, dear friend who hated Harry Potter and never read past the first book. Are you sure she's your friend? Yeah, now you're questioning your friend too. (laughs) I'm so confused. I don't know how to react to this information. Mm -hmm. I even texted her to make sure it wasn't a mistake. I was like, uh, you didn't like Harry Potter or what, what's going on here? Oh my goodness. Did you text her? Yeah. And she was like, no, I didn't like it. There were too many characters and I couldn't keep track of them. And it was confusing. And I'm like, this oh my God. too many 11 year olds. Like, has she read a book before? Yeah. She <laughs> loves reading. Actually, we just did a, like quarantine book club where we both read the same book it was fun but like now I don't think I can ever do book club with her before again I will admit I tried to read Harry Potter when I was like maybe 13 or 14 and I read like the first chapter of the Sorcerer's Stone and at that time I thought it was like boring because I only read the first chapter I was like a dumb 13 year old who didn't care about reading really at that time. And I was just like, this is boring. I'm not really into it, but that's because I didn't give it a chance. And then years later, when I went back and read the whole thing, I was hooked. And now I've reread the entire series like 50 times. So has she like, did she not finish it? Like maybe she didn't give it a chance. That's true. I don't know the whole story, but I tried to tell her that she needs to give it another try. She so. needs to get the whole story. You want to be friends? Yeah. <laughs> Tell her to write a review, and then we can read her thoughts. Yeah. Well, speaking of how we feel about the book, <laughs> what did everyone think when you reread it? I don't know how like funny it was. Like Harry, yes. just like her commentary is just like hilarious sometimes. Like the twins, you think this funny? Um, the twins are so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought the beginning was funny, like, even though it's kind of, like, sad that he was basically neglected and abused by his um, aunt and uncle, but her writing about that him living with them was just so funny, I thought. Yeah. And how Dudley think- kept hitting everyone with a stick. Yeah. His dad, I was like, oh, boy. Well, even um, I was laughing when Mrs. Fig babysits him and all he does is look at her cat pictures. And I was like, I didn't remember that about her. That was amazing. I know. It's fun, like, now that I know everything that happened, when I go back and reread it, it's like, oh, Mrs. Fig, if only you knew. Like, she's yes. a Like, yeah. just like, and it's been so long since I read them, like, all in succession that now I'm already on the sixth one. I just like started rereading them all immediately after I finished the Sorcerer's Stone. But like so many things she like references back from the first book later on. And like, she's a genius. I don't know how she came up with all this, but like even just reading the first book, like you said, Lauren, I think she's hilarious. Like her writing style is so funny and like, it's so smart. Like how did she come up with all this stuff? But yeah, I was noticing too, just because I've read the books all the way through, like several times already. So I was noticing, like you said, Lynn, like all the connections that she's already making in the first book that are going to come back later. 
And even like within the same book, there's so much foreshadowing and I love it. It is amazing how she ties even the first book into all the rest of them, but it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so many things the first time I read, I was not expecting at all. Like, even though she does all that foreshadowing, half of the stuff that ends up happening, I'm so surprised the first time I read. And now it's like, it's interesting when you reread it and then you're like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize the first time that this was going to be relevant or pertinent to what happens later. I think Hermione's character is hilarious in the first book. I love Hermione. <laughs> I love her. I, every time I read it, like I don't, my perception of her changes like every time I read it because I don't realize like how just, I don't want to say nerdy, but like, she's so much like her personality is just so much and it's like and then she's also like nerdy too at the same time and it's hilarious and every like the this past time that I read it I think it was the most like I didn't realize how much she was until I read it this time I was like oh my gosh she's hilarious she is (laughs) like how fast she talks and how like over the top she is I know. You can totally hear her voice in your head and, like, get the vibe of her character. Whenever I'm reading something she says, like, I always, like, read it super fast because I'm just, like, envisioning, like, her. And she's the true hero of the story, in my opinion. Harry would be nothing without her. Yeah, she's the knowledge. Yeah. Harry actually, like, this might be um, a controversial opinion, but... He is careless. He's reckless. He's kind of dumb. Like, I know he's, like, brave because he's in Gryffindor or whatever, but, like, he takes it a step too far into the reckless Uh realm. And, like, most of the decisions he makes are honestly really dumb. And without Hermione there or, like, some random act of, like, magic or or randomness or whatever, he would have been dead. Like, I just feel like he doesn't think about his actions, and he wouldn't know how to do anything if Hermione wasn't around. Right. Yes. Let's be honest, he would have fallen off his broom during that Quidditch match if Hermione mm-hmm. didn't, like, think quickly. Oh, yeah. He would have been dead. He would have not survived. I mean, maybe Snape would have, like, counter-cursed him in time. Well, and in the Chamber of Secrets, or, oh, I'm thinking of the next book. Sorry. Shoot, I'm moving on. <laughs> Back to the Sorcerer's Stone. They would have never gotten past all the enchantments. It it was kind of like convenient that it's like, oh, it's like chess for Ron and then like flying. I mean, I know that that's like the nature of the book. But even if they had gotten past the original things at the beginning, he never would have gotten past the potions thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Tiny. And like you said, aside from Hermione, it's like every single time at the last minute, something just miraculously comes to save the day. And it's like, it wasn't Harry. (laughs) It's It's never Harry. No, like somebody swooped in. He's the damsel in distress. Hello. Like you said, Hermione is the hero here. Harry is the one who needs the saving. Like, let's give credit where credit is due, people. Harry's just always the bloody one. He's just always the one that gets hurt because he's always, he's like the front line mm-hmm. of things, but you don't notice the ones behind. 
Um, speaking of Hermione too, she had so many of her classic quotes in this book. And every time I was just, yes. I mean, especially like, we could have been killed or worse expelled is like my <laughs> favorite line. Yes. So good. So good. I mean, every, it, I was just smiling as soon as I was reading, like everything she was doing, basically. <laughs> I know. I, her and Ron, I just like, I think that J.K. Rowling did such an amazing job, like with their characters and then like every book having them like grow even more into their characters where like you're saying once I'm a few books in it's like oh classic Ron like oh Hermione like you kill me like it's just they are so like I don't know how to describe it they're just so them and you just like I just love their characters so much I agree I feel that way too about Professor McGonagall like yeah, I just feel like you're right. She's so good at character development, and they're all just like the things that they say. I'm like, oh, that's classic McGonagall, classic Hermione. I just love it. Mm-hmm. You become a part of the world. Yeah. Well, even at the very beginning, like the first chapter, when McGonagall's the cat waiting outside mm-hmm. the uh, um, Dursley's house, and I wrote a note that says, "LOL, McGonagall reading a map as a cat." Like, it was just perfect. <laughs> Even though you don't know that's her yet at that point. But it was just, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. And like Lauren said, I love Fred and George. They're probably my favorites other than Hermione. They're just so funny and, like, witty and clever. I just love them. They're great. Like, I like when they were just to send, like, a toilet seat back to Mrs. Weasley. I was like, oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> I did realize I have, like, a lot of questions that maybe I didn't think about, like, the other times I read the the books, but just, like, things that I feel like are never really explained. This isn't, like, a criticism of the books at all. It's just things that I was like, oh, wait, like, I was thinking, like, do the professors just live at Hogwarts and, like, not have families or anything? (laughs) Like, yeah, I wondered that, too. It's weird. Seems that way. Yeah. And like none of them are married or have kids. Well, McGonagall used to be married, right? I think she was. Writing on Pottermore about it. But he died, I think, or something. Snape clearly nobody should ever love him. And then I don't know about anyone else. At the Christmas party. Yeah. They were all like getting drunk at the Christmas party too. So like that seemed a little unusual if they don't live there. Yeah, they all stay for the holidays. Um, and then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Doesn't J.K. Rowling say that, like, Dumbledore was supposed to be gay? Mm-hmm. Does he have a partner? Like, who? Well, wasn't it supposed to be, spoiler alert, but Grindelwald? Oh. Yeah, I think that's revealed later on or hinted at. Yeah, because it was never explicit, and I remember when she said that, some people thought it was not really, like, her intention, and she was just kind of saying that after the fact to seem, like, inclusive, but either way, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I think that that's who it was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. and then I had another question, (laughs) too. Where do, like, the, quote, purebloods or people from 
you know, wizard and witch families, where do they go to school before they turn 11? Do they go to like a regular school? Because like the muggles go to school still. I don't assume that they all just went to regular school because maybe I'm wrong, but isn't it like some of them, like Neville says, I forget what, if it's in the first book or not, but like, I think it is his grandma didn't know whether or not he like had any magical abilities until he got the letter inviting That's him to Hogwarts. True. Yeah. Cause they're not like, they don't have wands or anything. I don't know. I wonder if some of them are maybe homeschooled Yeah. because a lot of them don't seem to know anything about the muggles. Mm-hmm. Right. The they're like surprised by pictures and soccer and whatever else are mentioned. I don't know though. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, because then that would seem like they didn't go to regular school. I guess by regular school, I meant, like, not necessarily with muggles, but they're just learning, like, reading and writing and math. You know what I mean? Like, okay. oh. I don't know. I would assume. Yeah, I just didn't know. Were there, Are there, like, special schools for the witch and wizard children, or are they all homeschooled? I don't know. Good question. And I had other questions, like, specific to the book. Like, when Draco finds out about Hagrid's dragon, like, why wouldn't... I was just surprised that he wouldn't have, like, said something right away. Yeah. He really, like, knew about it, but he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I was annoyed by that because they got in trouble for it, but they were trying to help out Hagrid, and Hagrid just down his hut, didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, yeah I can go get detention. Like, they're trying to help you out, dude. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Draco's character, obviously I hate him and he makes me so mad, but I feel like his is a bit too far-fetched for like, compared to everybody else in the book, he's like so like evil. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's hard to believe even in the magical world of Harry Potter that Draco could be the kind of person he is. And then yeah, a lot of his actions, like, don't really make sense either. It's just she has him do the things he does to, like, further Harry's story sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't truly become, like, a complex character until the end of the series where you have, like, some sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the rest of it, he's just, like, pure evil, and, yeah, his actions are just to, like, contribute to the story. Could you imagine if Harry became friends with him and Madame Malkins and he brought him home and he's like, hey, Dad, this is my friend. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) So true. Well, actually, speaking of that, I wrote a question down, too, that, um, you know, the Sorting Hat wants Harry to be in Slytherin, and then Harry has the dream after sorting where he hears the voice saying, you should switch to Slytherin to fulfill your destiny or whatever. And so, like, I thought about that. If he was in Slytherin, like, would he have been friends with Draco? He probably wouldn't. But I wonder what would have happened. Like, that would have totally changed a lot. How their relationship would have been if he was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is it assumed in the first book that Draco doesn't know, spoiler alert for the future books, that Draco doesn't know that his dad was a Death Eater? Because you'd think if he knew that, he wouldn't be trying to befriend Harry Potter. Right. I don't know. How could you not know, though? Right. Yeah. 
Clearly, he's jealous of Harry, but that also doesn't really make sense. Again, because like his dad works for Voldemort, who like wants Harry dead. So I don't know. Um, I had another question. These are just like dumb things I thought of when I was reading the book. But like, there was one part of the book where they were going to the Quidditch. They were at the Quidditch match or something, mm-hmm. and Neville was asking why Ron and Hermione had their wands. I think. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. And I was thinking, why wouldn't they? Like, did they not bring their wands everywhere? I thought that was weird, too. I don't think I think they do bring their wands everywhere. Because at least I thought. In the later books, it definitely references it. Like, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's just because, maybe just because they're in their first year and they don't know anything yet. Or maybe just because Neville is like, you know. Doesn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Neville forgot his. Oh, and he didn't have to remember all to tell him to go get it. <laughs> I think he like asked them, "Why are you bringing your wands?" Hmm. I marked down the page. I'm gonna look right I now. I don't think I ever even questioned that. Or yeah, that's you're so right. That's a definite inconsistency with like the rest of the storyline. I mean, it's it like just supposed to be first years don't bring theirs or something because they don't really know what they're doing yet. No. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so um, at least in my book on page 221, it says, uh, Ron and Hermione had found a place in the stands next to Neville who couldn't understand why they looked so grim and worried or why they had both brought their wands to the match. Hmm. Huh. I don't know, just the thought. Yeah, that's weird. It could very well just be because they're first years and they don't know. I mean, if I were a teacher at Hogwarts and had a bunch of kids that didn't know how to use their tool, I wouldn't have them bring it. True. <laughs> wouldn't have any students left. <laughs> I felt so bad for Neville, like, throughout this whole book, too. Poor Neville. I've always said that about him. I I sympathize with him. I know. I love him. Yeah. He well, seems he- like he should be in Hufflepuff. I agree. Yeah. Especially, like, on the way back to the Gryffindor table, he's, like, tripping, and it's just, and he doesn't, he's just so innocent. He seems like a Hufflepuff more. But I guess he proves himself later in the books to be Gryffindor. Yeah. Did you know that the actor who plays Neville is, like, really hot in real life? Yes. (laughs) So hot. I I looked him. Oh, I think I did. Yes, I did know that. I remember. (laughs) I think his teeth in the movie were like not real or something. Well, once he started like going through puberty and he's getting like really hot, they're probably like, wait, this is supposed to be Neville. He's supposed to be dorky. What do we do? (laughs) I have a problem with the movies in general because I just feel like a lot of the actors, some of the actors are great, but some of the acting is not that great. And like a lot of the casting is totally off. Like, like Jenny, no offense to Jenny. Like I love Jenny's character books, but like in the movies, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, you know, she's so like awkward. And then her and Harry have no chemistry and oh. like they're supposed to be soulmates, you know? And she's like, she barely talks. Yeah. There's no part in anything. Yeah. She was one that they didn't do well with in the movies. That's yeah. her. And she's not like, a good actress either. Like, her acting was, like, too serious. She's, mm-hmm. in the book, she's so much more, like, lighthearted. Once, I mean, once you move on from the first couple books, but her character didn't 
evolved that way in the movies. Agreed. And then Dumbledore too. I yes. am no. so yeah. disappointed with the second Dumbledore that they cast in the movies. He is the worst. I was literally just talking about this as I watched all the movies. And I think in the movies, he is not a very calm character. No. He no. screams and yells. Oh. And I'm like, Dumbledore is not supposed to be screaming. Why is he screaming and yelling at these kids? He's supposed to be calm and collected. And yeah. I read this article about him on BuzzFeed that said, he like would boast about the fact that he never read the books and like didn't feel like he needed to read the books because he just like knew how to do the character and it's like okay well that's clearly why you did such a shitty job because you didn't read the books <laughs> like i know i'm getting ahead of myself here and i've already said this but to anybody listening like spoiler alert for the whole series essentially <laughs> but i feel like we're kind of all yeah <laughs> but the the part of the movie Dumbledore that always sticks out to me is from the Goblet of Fire when he's like, uh, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet? And he's yes, like, yes. Out. And I'm like, that is so not Dumbledore. Like, you just yeah. did a terrible job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just awful on all accounts. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Ginny and Harry, even in the books, I don't believe Harry should have ended up with Ginny, and I don't believe Ron should have ended up with Hermione, but that's just my opinion. I agree. I think Harry and Hermione should have ended up together. Oh, obviously, in my opinion. <laughs> okay with her and Ron, I feel like, but I think I would have been okay with her and Harry, too. I don't know. I like Ron, even though at moments I don't, I don't know if I should. Oh, I love Ron. Yeah, I like just Ron. felt like... She and I know it's just because like Harry and Hermione are such good friends, and mm-hmm. so that I don't know, but they just like click so well in all the books. But I guess I've had criticisms of other books that we've read that you know the author just like puts the two main characters together for no reason, so or, or to like they don't let characters of the opposite sex just be friends, so maybe I shouldn't be harsh on that decision. I have yeah, a different interrupt. Harry and Luna. Oh, that's what I've got. What'd you say? I thought Ron and Luna. Really? I just thought that, like, there were so many moments, and it was, like, times in the series. I don't even remember which book it was, but times in the series when Luna and Harry just seemed to, like, click, and they were, she was, like, kind of weird, and then... Like, Harry just, like, totally took on her weirdness and just, like, I don't know. I I just really liked their chemistry that they had. And I thought that was, like, moments when I was, like, aren't they supposed to be together? Like, how is Ginny and Harry, how do they even like each other? Because they haven't talked yet in the series. I do love Luna. Yeah. I love her. She is so funny and so weird and so great. I missed her in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's my only criticism. We don't meet, her. We don't meet her, her until a lot later in the series. I know. I wish she was introduced earlier. Yeah. Because I, I really like her. I think it's, is it four or five? Four, I think it's like five, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. Five, I, think. I think it is five, because doesn't he see the Thestrals, and then Luna comments how she can see them, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's the one where they use the quibbler to write the mm-hmm. interview. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say I'm 
very shocked at like how the Dursleys treated him and that he came out not like crazy. And also like they're like, we thought we could stamp this out of you. Like we didn't want you to be like this. You showed him like no love. You made him live in a yeah. like what did you think was gonna happen? Right. Gonna, like jump at the chance for something different. There was a lot of that whole relationship that shocked me, I think. Looking at it again, I mean, I knew that Harry wasn't treated right, but I also didn't realize how poorly he was treated and how just, I don't, they, they just, like, didn't care at all. Like, you know, it, it just almost didn't seem realistic of how. I was thinking, like, someone should have called Child and Family Services on them because yeah. they were abusing him and neglecting him. And I think that's also why it seems so out of place and it felt odd because usually that's probably what would happen. You know, it would probably not really get to that. I don't know. I wonder if people didn't really realize and then his only real friends are wizards and they might not know to call CPS. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how much the Jerseys were able to hide from people um, before he started at Hogwarts. I don't know. And I guess, I mean, I was saying that that would never happen, but I mean, it definitely does. Yeah, like, there are lots of kids who are abused or neglected, but it, it is really sad. Like, the her writing style was funny, but at the same time, when you really think about the treatment he was getting, like, that's sad. Like, oh he's like one, right? Like, I'm just imagining, did they read to him? Did they teach him to walk? Did he just crawl on his own? Like, you know what I mean? It's so sad. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, I wonder why they weren't happy to have him leave. Like, why do they not want him to go to Hogwarts because they hated him so much? Why wouldn't they just be like, yeah, we would love it for you to leave for the whole school year? Right. No. Because then he's doing magic and they don't want to admit that that exists? The only thing I could come up with is like they don't want it to somehow get around people that like their nephew you know is a wizard or whatever like they don't want anybody to find out yeah i don't know it's kind of far-fetched yeah and i guess that brings up a question i have about the weasleys like she's always saying how poor they are but they're not poor right like they have a lot of kids and so they don't have like a ton of money, but like their dad works for the government. Like they have food, you know, like they're not poor, are they? They're poor. I think it's just that they have so many kids. Like you, I mean, you have that many more kids you have, the more expenses there are, you know, they're right. probably like middle class and then have. Right. <laughs> yeah. But she mentions, I don't know if it's specifically in this book or not, but like in some of the early books, J.K. Rowling specifically says that they're like, she, I forget what phrase she uses, but like she says poor, like extremely poor or something like that. The Weasleys are extremely poor or whatever. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah, they're probably like lower middle class, (laughs) but they're not like living in poverty or anything. No. no, and then they have Harry and Hermione come stay with them every summer and like provide for them. Yeah, they do. food all the time. Yeah, for them. I guess it depends on what your perception of poor is, too. You know, maybe that to her they were poor. I don't know. I mean, you're right. They can't. They do like hand me downs, and they they share 
you know, robes and equipment and whatever. But like you said, it's not ever the point where they don't have food or a place to live. It's just they don't have brand new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is realistic. That stuff had to cost a lot of money that they're buying. All those books and robes and cauldrons and like all that stuff every year for school. I wonder how people would feel who read these books. Like, we are in like a low socioeconomic status situation. Like, is it like insulting or offensive that she is regarding the Weasleys as being like super poor when they're not? Like, I don't know. Something to think about, maybe. I haven't thought about it. So, how does Hermione get things? If her parents are muggles and don't have any wizard money, do they convert their muggle money to wizard money? I don't know. That was like one thing that I feel like we're kind of left in the dark a little bit. Yeah. You know, because Hermione kind of just like shows up. Mm -hmm. I think I just assumed that they like transfer the money or something. They must include directions on how to get to Diagon Alley too, because she came with all her stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knew what she was. Well, she also did a lot of reading too. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, it would be interesting if, like, Hermione is so smart. So, like, no matter what environment Hermione's in, like, she could figure it out. Mm-hmm. But imagine, like, one of the boys in her place <laughs> oh and, like, being a muggle. Like, I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't know anything. Like, Hermione holds her own because she has, she's so smart and she reads so much that she knows so much. She has an upper hand for everyone else that are pure wizard, you know. That that happened to Harry. Like, in the first book, he had no idea how to get on the platform to to get to the train. Like, there's tons of stuff that he didn't know and needed people to help him. Yeah. Yeah, thank goodness Hagrid came and got him and took him shopping. He wouldn't have had anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was thinking, like you said, Marie, they should have had instructions or something. Like, yeah. like for how to get on platform nine and three quarters and everything. Although I really related to Hermione when she came in saying, like, she read all the books and she knew all this stuff. And the boys were like, why did you do that? It's like, if I found out I was a witch, I would have read every book too. I would have been like, no, this is so cool. Like, how are they just uninterested in learning all this stuff? I did. That part is just far-fetched because I would be so into it. In all honesty, though, they act like they don't even know that that's an option. You know, like, oh, if I want to learn about this, I could get a book and read about it. Like, I don't even think that's like a mental thought of, I can do this to understand what I can do. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, if you think about it, Harry would have never even had access to that, or he would never even be able to get to that. I mean, he barely even got his letter, you know? So for, like, him, he wouldn't have done that. And, and Ron is so poor, so he couldn't get his book <laughs> and learn about it. Goes to show. Then he had brothers, and the whole family was very... Right. Um, He lived in a very magical house, so. Yeah, I just feel like, for me, it confirms that Hermione is, like, a badass, amazing, who's better than everybody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like Ron should definitely know more than he does. Living in a magical house and having brothers that go to Hogwarts 
Well, but we did hear at one point that Fred and George were telling him stories that weren't true. So maybe he just didn't ask them for any advice because he knew they were just going to make something up. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't trust them. Then I would feel like their parents did share, well, I guess not really, magic, like about magic and learning more about I guess they were kind of trying to shelter them just a little bit because they were still so young I don't know now I'm just trying to pick apart the the whole book (laughs) I need to watch the movies now I've only seen them like I like I already said I have problems with the movie I don't watch them as much as other people have seen them but I want to watch them all now when I get the books done just to like see like remember how they're different and Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're always on TV, so you won't have any problem finding them, I'm sure. Well, I don't have cable, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then yeah, maybe you will. <laughs> but but you're right. I remember, like, growing up, they were always on TV. It's just wild that they're still this popular. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still on, like, every night. Yeah. I really think that maybe once we hit it big with this podcast that we should celebrate by going to Harry Potter world. We've been talking about that for like however many years we've been doing this. Yeah. I think I originally said we should do it for book club's first year anniversary. And then we didn't. And then I was thinking we should do it for our second anniversary and then we didn't. So eventually we're going to go. I have not been there. Who who's been there already. I've been there. Uh, so Lee and I are the only ones. I haven't been there and I want to go so bad. Every time I go, I want to just stay there. It's so amazing. All I want is to get my own wand and to drink a butterbeer. Butterbeer is so good. And then every year when I go, I get upset because then they add something new. And then I went the first year that it came out. And then I went two years ago, I think. Three, two or three years ago. And then they had all these new additions. When I, I only went once and only to Diagon Alley because um, we only had one day to go. And I didn't even get to ride like hardly any of the rides because the lines were so long. And we just like walked around looking and eating everything <laughs> basically. So if I went back, it would still be like exciting because I haven't done all the stuff and mm-hmm. seen everything. So, well, even if I had, I'd want to go back. It's always exciting. I don't even like care about the rides. I just want to like go for like the atmosphere. And like you said, I want to drink a butterbeer and get a wand and just like take in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. But some of the rides are really great too. The castle in the castle is so cool. I would recommend that. The one in the castle, like the Harry Potter Hogwarts, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's an experience. Like, even just waiting in line is an experience. I'm so jealous. We'll go. Yeah, and honestly, the group of us going would be so fun, because you know that we would be so into it, more than maybe most other people I know, and so I would enjoy it a lot with you girls. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to go at some time, some point. When we're not in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we have a vaccine and we know that society is opened up for good, or at least for, like, the, like, you know, indeterminable future, 
The summer after vaccine. It's going to be like a celebration of lots of things. It's going to be a celebration of being able to travel, of our podcast, of book club, whatever anniversary it will be. It's going to be great. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah, I'm down. So one thing we haven't talked about yet, which is actually kind of shocking to me, is our houses, which we mentioned earlier that we think we know what house or we've done all the tests and we do know. Yeah. <laughs> what house do you think we'd been in? But should we share that, do you think? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, it's interesting for my house because I've taken it the first time I thought I was a Gryffindor and then realized that I was a Hufflepuff. And then we're thinking that I'm a Huffledore. But then it's now I'm, I think it's more of a Hufflepuff, 100%. So I am also a Hufflepuff, for sure. I think... If I wasn't a Hufflepuff, I might, I guess I'd be a Ravenclaw because I'm definitely not a Slytherin or a Gryffindor, but I mean, yeah. I don't really think I'm a Ravenclaw either. I think I'm pretty solidly a Hufflepuff. I think sometimes it might be like one trait in certain houses that make us think, like for me, I think with Gryffindor, there's like a trait in Gryffindor that I see myself, but then it's definitely more of a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Joe, you are a pure Hufflepuff. I think, like, For sure. there's, to me, you are just, like, so – because in my mind, Hufflepuff is, like – I know, obviously, in the book, super offended, by the way. We didn't talk about this. Yeah. But Hufflepuff is referred to as being a bunch of duffers. Like, excuse no. me. But so I see Hufflepuff as, like, being accepting and inclusive – like mm-hmm. that to me is like the defining trait of a Hufflepuff. And that's why I also am a Hufflepuff. But Joe, I think you are like, so like, so the definition of a Hufflepuff. Why, thank you. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> well, a lot of witches and wizards do not, but they should. Right. I think there's just like different interpretations of Hufflepuff is where like some people think Hufflepuff is for people who don't fit in, which are misfits or whatever, or who like don't have any strengths whatsoever, which I disagree with. I think it's for people who are kind and inclusive and accepting and caring. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think, what a Hufflepuff is. Agreed. Oh, I'm also a Hufflepuff. I've gotten Gryffindor before, but I don't feel like that's very accurate. I definitely feel like Hufflepuff is more my speed. I think it's like the name sounds kind of silly. People are like, you're a Hufflepuff, like, everyone else is, like, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, like, even Slytherin sounds, like, Loki kind of cool, but I'm like, Hufflepuff. <laughs> so I was a Hufflepuff the first time I took the Pottermore quiz or whatever it was, but then recently the, was it that that changed or it was the, the new, like, wizarding app or something? Yeah, I think Pottermore yeah. updated yeah, the Pottermore. Yeah, so, so on the updated version, I changed to a Ravenclaw. So I don't know. I'm feeling conflict- conflicted about it because I, too, believe what Lynn believes about Hufflepuff, which is that it's, like, acceptance and inclusive and kindness and compassion and that's how, what I felt that I was. And so then it was like kind of um, had an identity crisis when I changed to Ravenclaw. 
<laughs> but I do think that like those are the two that would fit me the most. So yeah. I could see you being like a Raven puff. Yeah. Like yes. you kind of have both, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. I also want to mention another positive of a Hufflepuff is that they have their common area and dorms down by the kitchen. Yes. Hello. They like befriend the house elves and, you know, can eat snacks, which I know none of that has happened (laughs) yet. Sorry, everyone. I didn't say spoiler alert, but. (laughs) We're way past that now. (laughs) That's true. I mean, most people know what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's a major plus for me. Totally. And, like, come on, look at Cedric Diggory. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. Couple puffs are awesome. Yes. Guys, this is, like, totally on topic, but totally off topic at the same time. But we're in quarantine, so it relates to it. But one of my coworkers, we were in a video conference, and he was sitting in... Hogwarts. And I haven't had the opportunity to ask him how he did it because literally Hogwarts is like right behind him. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. And I want that. Well, on the Pottermore website, I guess it has to do with the whole quarantine thing right now. It says, try out our new Harry Potter themed video called Backgrounds. You can download the backgrounds and there's all these different choices that you can choose Ooh. that you want to put behind yourself. Cool. Yeah. You can have Hagrid's hut behind you. <laughs> Anyways. That's super fun. Yeah. Also on, um, I've done this other video chat app called House Party mm-hmm. um, with some friends while we've been in quarantine. And they, it's really cool because it's like a video chat, but then it has games you can play like on your phone while you're video chatting. Oh. And one of the games is Harry Potter trivia that you can play. Oh, really? oh, yeah. yeah. That's so, fun. so should we give our ratings? I think I kind of already gave mine um, five stars for all Harry Potter one through seven forever. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Five out of five here too. I love that. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if the viewer or listeners, sorry, I think if the listeners didn't know by now, we definitely <laughs> love this. <laughs> we want to go to Harry Potter World. We all have multiple shirts of Harry Potter. We've watched the movies. We've read the books multiple times. If you didn't read the book of five, what are you doing? <laughs> so maybe more importantly, how are we rating our wines tonight? Mm. Four out of five. Pretty good. I think it's, I mean, it's pretty good. I would say a five. My wine's great. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I just poured myself a second glass. Yeah, mine's very good. I agree. I love my wine. It's great. (laughs) Five out of five here. Glad everyone shows good wines. (laughs) I think I would give mine a four out of five. It's very good, but it's a little on the dry side. Mm -hmm. I prefer maybe a little sweeter, but that's not stopping me from drinking it. So. <laughs> Whenever I drink reds like cabs, I like when they're very bold. So I don't. I'm not a very good person to talk about wines, but that's how I would describe it. Are there so, any other books we've been reading, or anyone else? I'm in the middle of many books, but I've just honestly between 
the quarantine and having to work from home and learning how to work from home. I have all, I'm in the middle of like six different books right now and I'm going to have to pick back up on those books, but I haven't done much reading other than Harry Potter since this quarantine started. I did read what my political book choice was, the Yes, We Can book by Dan Pfeiffer. I'm pretty sure that was the one I had uh, contributed for our political <laughs> genre. I really liked it. It was really good. Oh, good. And since then, I've just been reading Harry Potter. Which that was a lot of reading, so <laughs> good for you. I also read my political book, which was You Never Forget Your First, a biography of George Washington. Oh, yeah. How was that? Um, I liked it. I rated it a three out of five. Um, we don't have enough time for me to go into like a whole thing about it, but it was really like well-researched and the author Alexis Coe, I think did a really good job, but I think I was expecting it to be a little bit more like fun and like edgy and interesting, like, especially based on the title. I thought the title was so like edgy and fun. And I thought that would be how the book was, but it was more of just like a actual biography and I got like a little bored um Mm. I learned a lot about George Washington and there were some interesting things like about controversial parts of his life like especially in terms of like owning slaves and that type of thing but it just wasn't quite as like fun as I thought it would be it took me kind of a while to get through it but I would still recommend that people read it I've been reading um, Becoming by Michelle Obama, and I'm only about halfway through. I've just been, it's been kind of slow going, because like you guys said, I'm still working from home, so, and I was also reading Harry Potter, so I'm just trying to read a little bit here and there, but I've enjoyed it so far, and I've learned a lot about her and Barack Obama that I didn't know, and so, so far, I really like it. Good. So, I think we're done discussing Harry Potter, although, honestly, are we ever really done? Mm -mm, No. This conversation will continue on our trip to (laughs) Harry Potter world, so stay tuned. (laughs) Yes, we, I think we'll never really stop talking Harry Potter in this group. No. But, um, a reminder that hopefully our next book club will be back to regularly scheduled uh, books, which was a Why We're Polarized by Ezra Klein, which we were supposed to read this time, but hopefully next time we'll be back to that. So listeners, have you guys read Harry Potter? If you haven't, right now. And if you did, what did you think about it? Do you guys have a favorite book you want us to read at some point? Or do you have a genre idea that we should consider? I was going to ask you if you guys want to guess what our next genre is, but we already told you. Also unrelated, do you have a cat? You want to see pictures of it? Tag us at our Drink a Book Pod on Instagram or email us at drinkabookpod at gmail.com. Hey, everybody. We'll see you next time for Why We're Polarized. And cheers, girls. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Clink. Virtual clink. Bye. 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 Here's to another book club. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.